Hello, I'm Doug Holmes, Mayor of Summerland. Welcome to Episode 10 of the Mayor's Podcast. This month, we're going to talk about some of the changes the provincial government is bringing in to address housing affordability and supply. Taken together, the new legislation and regulations, and there's a lot of it, will have a big impact on the way municipalities plan and develop their communities. The changes will affect municipal finances and capacity, the way we do land use planning, how we build infrastructure, and it could have consequences on local self-determination, the freedom to decide how we want our community to look. Joining me to dig in further is Brad Dolivet, Director of Development Services for the District of Summerland. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Um, it's the first time I've been on a podcast before, so I'm really excited about the opportunity. Uh, thanks for the invitation and, and to come on and talk about housing. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so there's been a flurry of bills introduced into the uh, provincial legislature re- uh, recently. Bill 35, Bill 44, Bill 46, and Bill 47. We're going to talk about each one of those, um, but essentially they're all a way for the government to implement its Homes for People Action Plan that was, uh, that was announced back in uh, April. That plan focuses on uh, four, uh, four key points, unlocking more homes faster, delivering more affordable housing, helping those with the greatest housing need, and creating a housing market for habitation rather than speculation. Overall, the government is trying to address the housing crisis by better managing and regulating housing throughout the province. So let's start with what's perhaps the most important piece of new housing legislation, Bill 44. This piece of legislation is intended to get uh, more housing built by allowing what the government calls small-scale multi-unit housing. It aims to get homeowners to build secondary suites and carriage houses, and it will allow for three or four multi-family units to be built on what we currently think of as a single-family lot. Bill 44 also marks a shift to a more long-term approach to planning where we identify our housing needs and then zone for what for what's needed. Brad, do you have anything more to say about I'm sure you do <laughs> Bill 44? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um it you know, it was pretty dramatic in terms of land use planning changes coming from the provincial government. Um uh, right now Bill 44 is requiring all local governments with a population greater than 5,000 to remove what they're calling restricted zones. So these are our traditional single family and duplex zones within our, uh, or low density is another term we use as potting um, throughout the district of Summerland and throughout all our communities in BC. So within those restricted zones, so single family duplex zoning, the, the minimum now zone density that our zoning bylaw must provide for is a total of three housing units for parcels less than 280 square meters and for parcels that are greater than uh, 280 square meters uh, a total a minimum of four housing units on those parcels so for the summerland context most of our existing single family lots are greater than 280 square meters so that means our zoning by will have to to change for most of these single family lots throughout the district of summerland uh, to allow for four, uh, four housing units per single family lot. So I do want to mention that the province has spelled out some exemptions to this. Uh, 
as to where we are required now to have these four units for a single family lot. Um, they've specified where property is, is fully serviced by municipal owned services. So if you're connected to a septic system instead of uh, the district's uh, sanitary sewer system, then you wouldn't be expected to allow for four units on your property. Um, as well, they've uh, also identified that the areas that are, are required to change the zoning is within the district's urban growth boundary, which is established within our official community plan. And so there are certain neighborhoods that even though they have servicing, a good example is Crescent Beach, they're currently located outside our urban growth uh, boundary uh, and wouldn't have to uh, 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 follow the, the provincial legislation of Bill 44. Um, the province has provided us a deadline of June 30th to update our zoning bylaws, so that's coming up really quick. Um, and it's, it's right now our primary focus at the staff level is to come up with new regulations as well as new zones that could be applied in our traditional single family and duplex areas. Uh, following the zoning bylaw update, we're required to review and update our official community plan by the end of uh, 2025 and as well provide a minimum of 20 uh, year housing supply as forecasted by a housing needs report. All of this work needs to be done by within the next two years and will be this an official community plan review will be our secondary prior, priority at the staff level following the zoning bylaw update. And I do want to mention as well, Mayor Holmes here, that a key change with Bill 44 was that uh, public hearings are also not allowed by local governments to be held if a project is in conformance of, with our official community plan and that project is for residential use. Um, so um, traditionally, there would be an, always an opportunity for the public to speak at a public hearing with regards to the project, but the province is now dictating to us that we must not hold a public hearing if it's in conformance with that OCP. Yeah, and, and on the timelines, they, they, they are imposed by the government and they certainly are ambitious. So by the end of 2025, we'll have to have updated our zoning bylaws. We'll have had to have completed a housing needs assessment and we will have to have updated our official community plan or our OCP as we called it. Now, council hadn't planned to conduct a full-scale OCP review this term. Um, I, I do have some concerns about our capacity to do all the work that we need to do, and likely some of Council's current priorities will have to be delayed or even shelved. Uh, you know, beyond this immediate transition period, uh, you know, bigger concerns are how will we will uh, upgrade our infrastructure to support all the new growth. There's a long-standing principle that growth ought to pay for growth meaning that the cost of infra infrastructure to service new development should be borne not by existing taxpayers, but by those who benefit from the development. For example, through the collection of what we call development cost charges. So already the operational capital costs of growth are often underestimated. And I think these new provincial requirements, for example, uh, will we'll need to do a lot of pre-zoning. Uh, they could further weaken the, that growth pays for growth model and exasperate the current underfunding of basic infrastructure. Yeah, for sure, Mayor Holmes, the, the province has provided some funding 
to help with the district's implementation efforts of this new legislation. Um, they've provided about $51 million, I believe, through, to all local governments. But really, this amount is just a drop in the bucket of the total amount of resource need um, for implementing these changes, especially if you consider the infrastructure impacts as part of that equation. Um, so the province has also expanded the powers of development cost charges uh, through uh, Bill 47, which is another piece of legislation they passed in the fall. And we can now charge, uh, develop, sorry, Bill 46, not 47. And we can now charge developers on community-oriented facilities such as fire halls, our, our RCMP buildings, as well as solid waste facilities. Um, in addition, Bill, in addition, Bill 46 uh, has provided an additional municipal financing tool known as an amenity cost charge now as a new type of financial tool available to local governments to for to, to charge developers to contribute to community amenities such as a plaza or a recreation center. Um, and we are expected uh, expecting to review these new powers as, as provided by Bill 46 and consider using them uh, as part of a development cost charge review expected to start in 2025. For Bill 47, that's another piece of legislation that was passed by the province, specifically the deal with transit-oriented uh, development. The district doesn't have any bus stops or bus exchanges that have the, the bus stop frequency to be applicable to Bill 47. Um, so there's a, a large change in requirement um, for density within those prescribed bus exchanges that are, are, are have been identified by the province. But and it's interesting, I think, from just from a, a planning perspective to see the amount of density changes the province is now prescribing to certain metro areas like Kelowna, some areas of Penticton, as well as uh, Metro Vancouver. Um, but uh, thankfully uh, for us at the Summerland level, they're not going to be applicable to, to us to implement. The, the, the housing shortage, it's a complicated thing and uh, there are many reasons for it. And one factor that's been identified is, is landlords investors taking long-term residential housing off the market and listing them on vacation rental sites like Airbnb and VRBO. Um, in 2022, the District of Summerland began regulating short-term vacation rentals through our bylaws and, and license fees. And like Kelowna and Oliver and many other communities, we limit short-term rentals to primary residences, meaning that the owner or a tenant must also reside in the home. Uh, Bill 35, another new piece of legislation, um, that's the Short-Term Rental Accommodations Act. It aligns very much with our own bylaws. Uh, if anything, it's a bit more restrictive, and uh, we will, I guess, we'll need to make some changes to our bylaw on that. Mm -hmm. For sure, Mayor Holmes. And I, I see Bill 35 as, as a bit of a validation of, of Council's previous leadership, and you were definitely a key part of that, Mayor Holmes, uh, in the policy approach to short-term rentals in our community. And by, by confirming that uh, the homes within Summerland, that the priority use of these homes should be for principal residents. Uh, uh, first, and then uh, short-term rentals secondary. Um, there, there are going to be the need to make a couple of tweaks to our, our zoning regulations to be in conformance with the new provincial rules. Um, just as an example, um, the principal resident requirement now from the province has 
has now stated that the operator of the short-term rental has to be the principal resident. And before, our bylaw was allowing a vacation rental management company to be to be the operator, but you still required a principal resident. So there was a little bit more flexibility in our zoning bylaw, but now that most likely will have to change because of the, the provincial regulations to ensure that we are being consistent with those uh, new regulations from the province. Um, at the staff level, we see most of the benefit from Bill 35 coming from the new enforcement tools from the province, especially data sharing with our, our current business licensing data and ensuring that, that, that the short-term rental businesses that are uh, operating in Summerland are the same ones that are being listed on the uh, listing agencies uh, throughout the province. And so like the thing they've all the province is also uh, uh, going to be setting up a new provincial registry uh, where uh, listing agencies will have to require their hosts to to sign up to this provincial registry to ensure that that people wanting to advertise on listing agencies like Airbnb and VRBO have a valid business license license in place. So that will definitely go a long way to ensure that people are coming in and getting a license uh, through our office first. Yeah, that provincial registry of uh, short-term rental units is something municipalities have been asking for for quite a while. Um, the province has acknowledged that almost half of all short-term rental listings are flouting existing municipal bylaws. And it's a problem since because we don't, don't really have those enforcement tools to crack down on the illegal operators. Um, so the, the fact that they're delivering on that is, is really encouraging, even if the registry won't be up and running until later in the year. Um, my understanding is the registry will require all hosts and, and platforms to register with the province and provide the valid provincial registration and our local business license numbers mm -hmm. and share that data with us. Uh, the province is also uh, planning to establish a short-term rental compliance and enforcement unit that will have the authority to conduct investigations, request information, and impose penalties for non-compliance. Um, so uh, that's this seems they're really taking that seriously. Um, also, uh, earlier in the year, um, starting this year, in an effort to fight real estate speculation, the province is expanding its uh, speculation and vacancy tax to 13 new municipalities, including Summerland. There are now 59 communities in the province where that tax applies. Basically, it's a tax on empty homes. The tax rate is 2% for people who don't pay the majority of their taxes here in Canada, or half a percent for Canadian citizens or permanent residents who uh, live in Canada and pay the majority of their taxes here. The money uh, raised uh, through this tax is supposed to go back into affordable housing in the regional districts where the speculation and vacancy tax is applied. So in our case, that could be anywhere in the RDOS, in the regional district of Okanagan and Milkamin. Um, but hopefully the tax collected in Summerland will come back to Summerland, especially since we have a couple of affordable housing projects in the works. And I should also mention uh, that changes were made to the Strata Property Act to encourage uh, vacant units to be rented out and also to remove age and rental restrictions that were imposed by Strata Councils. So those aren't really allowed anymore either. But really, you know, we're just scratching the surface on all the changes that are happening here. It's pretty widespread, aren't they? Yeah, they are, Mayor Holmes. It's 
And so everything's a bit in flux right now for us at the staff level with all the changes that uh, we're trying to move forward at the same time uh, because of the, all the, the legislative changes that have happened in the fall. Um, we've got a lot of overlapping projects happening at the, at the planning level um, with changes to our regulations. Like you, as we mentioned here with short-term rentals and housing uh, and changes to our zoning bylaw. Um, in, in, in my opinion, even though that these changes are going to be drastic, it's not like there's, in my opinion, going to be a huge amount of uptake immediately. Uh, definitely, interest rates are still a, a factor in people deciding whether they want to rebuild or add, uh, you know, an additional housing uh, unit in the form of a carriage house or secondary suite, uh, or you know, demolishing their house and putting a fourplex on. And so, like, even though there might be the the opportunity now through new zoning regulations. Uh, allowing for that type of thing. There's, I, I think that there's still going to be some challenges for people getting financing and wanting to move forward with a project um, because of the kind of it, uh, economic environment we're in. Definitely, there's going to be a lot of uh, impact on us at the staff level going, getting through all these changes. Um, I, I, you know, us as well, we weren't expecting to do an OCP review this year. Um, and uh, so we are trying to manage that as best we can. And it's just a matter of prioritizing things first and starting with the, the zoning bylaw changes, which, which are now due by June 30th this year. So we will be uh, having some, some public information meetings with the public as to what people can expect in their neighborhoods, probably going into probably late March or, or early April. Um, and then people can kind of start seeing what, the, the this new legislative changes will mean for us in Summerland and for their neighborhoods. Um, but it's definitely an exciting time. Yeah, I guess the changes are understandable in light of the housing affordability crisis that that's been with us for for a long time now. But you know, taken together, the legislation marks this shift towards a more prescriptive centralized community planning. And and I think sometimes, you know, the province is crossing into many areas that are traditionally considered the, the municipal realm, um, even with taxation. The speculate, speculation and vacancy tax is really a, a tax on property. And property taxes are the primary source of revenue for municipalities. We don't receive income tax or sales tax or anything like that. So, you know, if the government is starting to cut into our area of taxation, I, I think that further raises questions on how we'll pay for the infrastructure upgrades we need to, mm -hmm. to, to uh, support all this increased densification. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the legislation really does rewrite many of the principles of our historic land use planning and, and development uh, traditions. Uh, it raises important questions about the form and character of our neighborhoods. It raises important questions about the right to self-determination, which is a tenet of democracy. Um, those who, the, the principle being that those who live in a community have the best understanding and most at stake in what happens in their community. So, for example, uh, if public hearings are no longer allowed for development applications like rezonings, um, then that means the only opportunity for the public to provide feedback on residential development will be during the um, OCP review. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a stage when ideas are kind of more conceptual rather than talking about a specific project. Uh, but it'll really put pressure on council 
and the community to make sure we get our OCP right. Because with no chance to provide input afterwards, it will be uh, really important for residents to participate in the OCP review. Mm -hmm. And as you're, as you're saying later this year, as the process gets underway, all these processes get under the way, the district will be bringing forward all these different engagement opportunities that people can take advantage of. So I don't know, in, in wrapping up, I just say that, you know, as these legislative changes take effect and we work to create more housing, we'll need to come together as a community and to set the vision for that future growth and development. Um, thank you, Brad, for joining me today to talk about the legislative changes yeah. made by the province. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, as, as you say, just stay posted because uh, a lot's coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Summerland Mayor Doug Holmes, and you have been listening to the Mayor's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.